Let us pray. God of creation, God of freedom and liberation, God of independence, allow our reflections in this time, both the words of my mouth, but also the meditations of all of our hearts, allow them to be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It is good to be back here in this sanctuary after parental leave. It is good to be with all of you. I am, I am so appreciative of the grace, the love, and the care that you all have extended to me and my family, to Lucy, to Essie. And, w- and while I was away, Lucy and I, well, we went for a bunch of walks in, with her stroller. We went to the doctor for some routine checkups. We played with toys. We worked on sitting up, and she can confidently, Lucy confidently does that very much on her own now. We went to the library. We read books. We read books. I did a rough, and I'm going to call this a very conservative estimate, and you can ask me about the math of this later. But I did a rough estimate. While I was on the leave, I had the chance, the privilege, the joy to read a book to Lucy at least 400 times. Again, you can ask about how I got to that number later if you want, but I actually think it's a low and conservative estimate. I'm not going to try to make an estimate out of the number of diapers that were changed. (laughs) Some of those books and opportunities, we read a couple times. We read the same book a couple times. And most of them are pretty short. Some are quite silly. A fair number of those books are gifts from you all. But each and every one of those books was a chance and a moment for something special. And I was struck, and I'm still struck, at how much children's books contain some deep and incredible wisdom, boiled down, condensed. Each of those opportunities to read with Lucy was emblematic of the valuable time that you all afforded me time that I have treasured, time that I will remember fondly, so thank you. And now that I am back here, as I was telling some folks in the choir, trying to figure out things once again, knowing that I'm probably going to forget something while I'm up here, I think this morning I set up my voicemail properly, but I don't guarantee that. So if you try to leave me a message on my office phone, good luck, email works better. (laughs) But one of the things that I learned while I was away, or was crystallized while I was away. Maybe I didn't learn it. But one of the things that I know for sure now about being a parent is that as soon as you figure something out, as soon as you get used to the routine, it changes. A growth spurt happens. There's a new sleep regression that kicks in. Your child's trying to learn a new skill or or a new stage of development begins. And from what I've been led to believe from others, this is a reality that has been true since parents have had children, since the dawn of time. Because children grow fast and their needs seemingly evolve every single day. As some folks say, the days may be long, but the months and years are fast. So you've got to be prepared, or at least try to be prepared because you're never really prepared. You've got to be on your toes, and you have to be ready to value the time and the moments that you have. As we live life in the 21st century, a world forever changed through the COVID-19 pandemic and through so many other things, I 
this is somewhat true of life in general. Things change. As soon as we think we know what to expect, everything's a little bit different. The best practice is the right thing to do yesterday may not be the right thing to do today. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be on your toes. And we all have to be ready to value those moments of joy that, they, that come by as they do. We, we live in a world where we have seemingly limitless information at our fingertips, on our computers, on our smartphones. But the reality is that we don't know what's going to happen next, especially in the life of a church. That's one of the reasons why our session and, and other members and leaders of the congregation are reading books like Quietly Courageous, why in the past we've explored books like Canoeing the Mountains, and, and there's a seemingly endless market of church book publishing for titles that try to get at the question, where do we go from here? How do we move forward into an unknown, an unfamiliar future that's not going to be like what it was a few years ago? Because the old roadmap for life seems out of date, maybe not out of touch, or perhaps we're just simply off the edges of those old maps as we venture into new, uncharted territory that the future brings. Parenthood, for me at least, maybe not for all of you who have been parents, was uncharted territory. As we turn to our gospel text, there are 70 folks who are sent off into uncharted, unfamiliar territory. There are 70 followers of Christ, 70 disciples, 70 people who are sent ahead in pairs to visit those places where Jesus himself intends to go. The, seven, the sending of these 70 is to potentially unknown regions, cities they've never been, been to before. And even if they are familiar with the terrain, or, or even if they're from that town before they started following Jesus, there is no way that the 70 knew how well they would be received in any given town. Now that they carry this message that Jesus has given them, and when we look, they aren't exactly given a huge safety net. They're asked to carry nothing, not even sandals. Speak peace if it's returned and accepted. Yeah, take the hospitality that's offered you. Eat what's offered. But if the peace is not returned, they're told to remove the dust from their feet and protest. Now, this is where Taylor Swift comes in, because if the hater's going to hate, 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 you shake it off, and they shake off the dust from their feet. As the 70 go out, they are literally told, take nothing with you, but travel in prayers. Rely on hospitality of those who they meet. Now, I know COVID has made it a while since we've gone on official mission trips with this congregation, but I'm relatively confident that when we do send folks on trips, they are allowed to bring sandals. And maybe a bag or two, even. And we sometimes even pack food or, or we know what restaurant we're going to stop at on the way. Well, sometimes we do rely on the hospitality of those who we go to partner in mission with and eat what they have for us. It's unfamiliar. It's uncertain. The 70, they're going into uncomfortable and vulnerable future. Jesus says, see, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. 
that's not exactly a comfortable position to be sent to. Sheep among wolves is a position of danger. It's a position of vulnerability. Yet that's where Jesus sends these followers. With the express instructions to pack light. And so as I read it on first glance, or quickly and maybe not very carefully, it doesn't feel like they're prepared. Yet if I look back, maybe there is something more there than at first glance. One of my personal favorite books that Lucy and I have read together, one of those many books that we have read together, one of those books that I think contains some deep and incredible wisdom is actually a book of, of lyrics from a, from a Bob Dylan song. That's the other song that's been rattling around in my brain. And it's Forever Young. Bob Dylan actually wrote Forever Young for his oldest son as a lullaby originally. And, it, and it's now become my personal nighttime favorite for Lucy, although she doesn't seem to care about it as much as I do. <laughs> but it is a dream and a prayer for a child growing up, and it contains a lot of wisdom. And the line that I cannot shake, the line that, that sticks in my head, especially as I think about being sent like the 70 is six, 70 are sent, is may you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift. May you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift. Into an unknown and uncomfortable situation, Jesus still provides a strong foundation when we look at this text. We know that if you are sent by Jesus here, you are sent by the one who sent Jesus. You're sent by God. Even if you're sent as lambs among wolves, we place our trust in the strong foundation of the one who sends us. God is that strong foundation, a strong foundation that can withstand the winds of change, even if sometimes those winds feel like a hurricane. Knowing that, that we are sent, we are sent as well in the name of Jesus and of God and the one who sent Jesus. And it is on that foundation that the 70 relied on. And it is on that foundation that we rely on as well. And with that foundation, Jesus gives some pretty straightforward instructions. Go in pairs, take nothing, speak peace, eat what is offered, cure the sick, proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. Those are the instructions if things go well, if you're welcomed into town. If you're not, you shake the dust off your feet, but in a sign of protest. And yet, the command is still the same if you look carefully. You're still told to say, the kingdom of God has come near. Because whether the disciples are accepted, rejected, whether they're given a lukewarm welcome, offered only bread, or whether they're offered the feast of a fatted calf, we don't exactly know what the 70 end up eating on their trip. Whether they're turned away altogether, the kingdom of God is near. Whether we are ready or not, the kingdom of God is near. And that is the message that Jesus preaches. That is the message that grows and spreads across the world from Galilee to, to Beijing to Accra to London to the United States to Wilmington. And so I don't necessarily believe that, that our call, our sentness, is exactly like that of the ministry of the 70. But I do believe that like the 70, 
We are sent. Sent into a world that is rapidly changing. Sent into a world that may or may not like what we have to say. Sent into a world where we don't know what's going to happen next. Yet we do know that we have a strong foundation. A strong foundation that is fed and nourished at that communion table. A strong foundation on the promises of God. A strong foundation that can weather all of the changing winds. And we, as we are sent, are encouraged to proclaim the good news. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is, is, is here and now. It's the future. It's both. It's something wonderful. It's good news for the poor and the oppressed. It challenges those of us who are comfortable. But either way, the kingdom of God is near. And so thinking about the 70, maybe we don't go out in pairs per se, but we don't go alone. We go together with our friends, with our community, with our church. And most importantly, we go out with the Holy Spirit. And while we may take our purses or, or wallets, we are still called to pack light and to trust in God's provision and God's foundation. We know that our greeting is one of peace. It's not a greeting of war or domination or condemnation, but a greeting of peace. As we go, we are called to accept hospitality. We know we are being sent out to the world, a world that is in need, but a world that has things to offer us as well. As we go, I know that I am not a nurse. I am not a doctor. But the, the 70 are called to provide healing, and we are too. We seek to be repairers of the breach, to borrow language from Isaiah, to tend to the wounds of people and individuals, to tend to the wounds that exist in society as well, because the kingdom of God is near. And no matter how good it goes, whether we succeed and return with joy like the 70 did, able to submit all the powers of evil, or if our message falls on deaf ears and, and we get shut out, we fall on our face, if we fail, we're turned away. We still proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. And we continue to trust in the strong foundation of the one who sent us, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.